With another state primary done, what's next for the GOP frontrunners? A look how Donald Trump and Nikki Haley are reacting to the results. Strengthening high pressure means another day with the hottest temperatures of the year tomorrow. We'll show you who heads for the 90s in first morning weather. And as the light rail project in Austin marches forward, a look at where those new stations could be popping up. Former President Donald Trump is fresh off another primary victory after a win last night in South Carolina. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nabil Ramadna. The race for the Republican nomination continues. Washington, D.C. correspondent Hannah Brandt explains where things go from here. Now that the primary here in South Carolina is over, both candidates are looking ahead to the next elections in Michigan and the Super Tuesday states. We have... A lot of work ahead of us. Former President Donald Trump is rallying his supporters after another primary election win, completely ignoring his rival, former Governor Nikki Haley. I have never seen the Republican Party so unified as it is right now. Trump won 60% of the vote in South Carolina's primary, easily defeating Haley, who won just 40% of the vote in her home state. 40% is not some tiny group. Haley argues she has enough support to keep going. There, there are huge numbers of voters in our Republican primaries who are saying they want an alternative. And Haley continues to say she'd be a stronger Republican candidate in November's general election. I don't believe Donald Trump can beat Joe Biden. But Trump ally Texas Governor Greg Abbott told CNN he thinks Trump will clinch the nomination soon. The win is strongly at the back uh, of President Trump. And even Haley's supporter, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, acknowledged Haley needs to find a way to build more momentum. It's got to accelerate because you run into the delegate wall. And the delegate wall is March 5th, so yep. she's got to prove herself. Haley is rallying in Michigan over the next few days ahead of their primary on Tuesday. In Charleston, I'm Hannah Brandt. Fire crews responded to a fire in South Austin just about an hour ago. It happened in an abandoned building on South Congress Avenue, just a few blocks from East William Cannon Boulevard. No injuries have been reported and the cause is still under investigation. The road did shut down as crews responded. Now we do have a crew on scene working to find out more. There's also another fire, this one downtown near the intersection of West 4th and Oasis. We will update you with more information on that fire over at our website. KXAN.com. And opening statements from the trial of Javier Ambler begin tomorrow. Prosecutors allege that former Williamson County deputies Zachary Camden and James Johnson acted recklessly when arresting Javier Ambler back in 2019. They're charged with manslaughter. They used a stun gun on Ambler after he reportedly told the deputies he had a health condition and couldn't breathe. The arrest was caught on camera and live PD, well, the footage never made it to air. Now, it led to the Javier Ambler law that bans law enforcement from contracting with reality shows. Jury selection began last week, but our sources tell us that other than an alternate, there are no black jurors. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. Well, a beautiful and warmer day for us here today and also a few high thin clouds around too, but it's so very nice out there now. 82 from our Ewald Kubota camera in Georgetown and most of us are still well into the 80s, low to mid 80s, as warm as 86 for you in Lano and Fredericksburg. We're at 82 in Austin, Rockdale at 82 as well. 
Mostly clear, but not completely clear skies out there now, thanks to those high thin clouds. We do expect that after midnight, clouds will increase, but over the next few hours, we'll still be dealing with what we're dealing with now, and that's mostly clear skies and a few high thin clouds. 76, still nice out there at 7, 72 at 9, and then we're back into the 60s here by 11 o'clock tonight. Coming up in first warning weather, we're tracking a new hottest day of the year that we expect will be tomorrow. One cold front this week that does bring a brief but big temperature change for us, and we'll update you on the limited rain chances ahead. Thank you, Nick. With Austin Light Rail Design's ongoing Project Connect, leaders are zeroing in on where future stations will be built across the city. The Austin Transit Partnership hosted a virtual open house Thursday to discuss station sites along the nearly 10-mile route. The first phase of Light Rail runs from 38th Street to Oldtorf Street, and the Yellow Jacket Line will have 15 stations in that initial build-out. And the southeast proposed stations at Montopolis and Faro could be consolidated into one at Grove following community feedback. Near UT officials are evaluating the possibility of removing passenger vehicles from Guadalupe Street between 29th and 22nd Streets. Between 29th Street and 22nd Street, um, it would be, you know, transit, pedestrians, bicycles only. So um, looking at all the positives and uh, impacts associated with that move, for a fairly transformative move for the city um, and to see you know what what would be involved in achieving that. ATP is collecting feedback on these designs through March 4th. Digital reporter Kelsey Thompson has details on how to weigh in and the next steps for light rail development online at KXAN.com. And a man from Houston has allegedly made more than $1.7 million from insider trading, and he did it by eavesdropping on several of his wife's work-from-home calls. That's according to the Securities and Exchange Commission. Tyler Luden overheard his wife, a BP mergers and acquisitions manager, discuss one of the company's acquisitions and bought more than 46,000 shares of the company's stock ahead of the merger announcement last year. Luden's wife wasn't aware that her husband had made the purchase. He pleaded guilty to securities fraud and agreed to forfeit the money to authorities. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office, he faces up to five years in federal prison, as well as a $250,000 fine. And it's a big night for Austin musicians. Here's a live look at the 42nd annual Austin Music Awards happening at Antone's right now. All the proceeds go to the Sims Foundation, an organization providing mental health support for Austin musicians. Big crowd there. And when we come back, a look at the legacy left behind by the state's first black female judge. This year, the first black woman appointed to a permanent role as a judge in Texas died at the age of 96. Harriet Murphy was a judge, a civil rights activist, and a game changer for diversity at the University of Texas Law School. Investigative reporter Kelly Wiley shows how even in death, her impact still ripples across the country. Judge Harriet Mitchell Murphy's portrait hangs among the images of dozens of other decorated UT Law School graduates. But in 1966, when the 37-year-old widow enrolled at UT, she stood alone as the only black student in her class. Her path to UT law paved by black students before her, starting with Heman Sweat in 1950. 
He won entry to what was then the all-white law school at UT in a landmark Supreme Court case. Although he opened the door to integration, Sweat grew too sick to graduate himself. The conditions uh, were so deplorable. They put an outhouse in the courtyard uh, for him to be able to go and use the bathroom. He could not buy food in the cafeteria, but had to bring his lunch. Uh, he became physically ill, um, you know, emotionally and mentally. And in the years between Sweat's departure in 1952 and Murphy's enrollment in 1966, only a handful of black students graduated. At one point, Murphy was not just the only black student in her class, but the only black student in the entire law school. At the time, her longtime friend and mentee, Arlise Upton Key, said Murphy told her she felt she had little to no support. She told us that there were some who actually said to her, you will never graduate from law school and you will never pass the bar. At the moment when many would feel discouraged, Murphy pushed through and pulled in other black students with similar dreams. In her memoir, Judge Murphy recounts how she and her white classmate started to recruit black students to UT Law from HBCUs like Prairie View University and Jarvis Christian College, saying we netted 12 or 13 student recruits for the fall of 1968. Oh, I think that she felt that she had to do something, that she was positioned to do something. She always saw an opportunity to make a difference, an opportunity to make a change. And in 1969, with more black Black faces in the hallways. She graduated UT Law and passed the bar. She went on to make history as the first black woman in Texas appointed a permanent judgeship in 1973. She served for nearly two decades on Austin's municipal court. Harriet just never met an obstacle or a problem that could not be resolved. And uh, she did that in a very, very positive way. Judge Murphy's mind and heart was always with UT, even in her last conversation with a dear friend. You know, that, that last meeting was so very special. I had come to her home from a scholarship award luncheon. Um, and consistent with her being a teacher and uh, uh, sharing information and her experiences, she wanted to know who were the students. It reminded me of the questions that she had asked when she met with me and the other pre-law students almost 50 years ago. And I think uh, one of her biggest concerns was that she not be the last and that that door be permanently opened for other people like her. Well, a high temperature today, 85, the second warmest day of the year, very much feeling like spring. Meteorological spring begins on Friday, the first day of March. And what about the spring forecast? Well, the latest from the Climate Prediction Center, near normal to drier than normal rainfall during March, April and May or meteorological spring with that drier rainfall generally being in the hill country. What about temperatures? Looks near normal from that perspective from the March through May period. On KXAN.com right now, I dig into the impacts that El Nino may have to severe weather this spring, including the frequency of hail or even tornadoes. But when we come back, we'll talk about this last few days of winter and some wild temperature changes ahead. Welcome back. Another beautiful day here in Austin. Almost to 90, around 85, as you were mentioning. Yeah. 
I almost want to jump in Barton Springs and it's still winter. I'm sure a lot of people though already doing that. You know, wouldn't this be great if it was mid 80s all summer? We'll be loving these types of uh, conditions here in a few months. But uh, yes, a little warm for this time of year. Uh, mid 80s in Austin, but uh, some spots actually reach the 90s in Granite Shoals from our Whittlesey Landscape Supplies weather camera. You're still at 90 under a mostly sunny sky, some high thin clouds around. It will get hotter here as we head through the day tomorrow. That's likely when our heat peaks thanks to strengthening high pressure right on top of us here on Monday. Although it is still going to be very very warm on Tuesday. Some extra clouds may knock temperatures down a little bit. And then Tuesday night, we'll be watching a cold front well to the northwest of us. This will be arriving here Wednesday morning, and that will bring a much more rapid temperature drop for the middle of the week. You can see we're not the only warm ones. There's 90 in Laredo, most of the states in the 70s and 80s. And remember, this time of year, we should be in the upper 60s for high temperatures, not mid uh, 80s. Here this evening, very pleasant. We've got the low humidity and the very warm air, 70s and 60s here by mid-evening, and then starting off your Monday morning in the low 60s and a few spots in the upper 50s. We think tomorrow's going to be warmer, a good blend of sun and clouds, but drier air will be easier to heat up going with a high now of 89 in Austin. But look at those mid-90s in parts of the Hill Country here tomorrow afternoon. By the way, if we get warmer than 88 tomorrow, that would make tomorrow the hottest day of the year so far in Austin. Temperatures dropping into the 60s to begin Tuesday morning, another warm beginning to the day. A lot of clouds Tuesday will keep temperatures down just a little bit, but still very warm. Mid-80s in Austin and still some mid-90s possible in the Hill Country before a cold front Wednesday morning knocks temperatures down. Our high of 69 Wednesday will likely happen in the morning with the numbers slipping more so in the afternoon and then highs on Thursday of just 59. So we go from 89 to 59 in just a matter of days here in Central Texas. So don't put away the pants and the sweatshirts just yet. It does get a little humid here next couple of days. Nothing crazy, but you may feel some of the moisture in the air. And then that humidity drops like a rock thanks to that morning cold front on Wednesday. Starting to see some high thin clouds drifting in this afternoon. Those clouds may thicken up a little bit more so overnight and into Monday. So we are betting on a mix of sun and clouds here tomorrow, but it should be a dry day. Much more in the way of clouds come our way here for Tuesday. So we'll go with a low of 61 tonight with slowly increasing clouds, some patches of fog possible in spots too. Otherwise, a sun cloud mix tomorrow in 89. Way more cloudiness Tuesday and Wednesday from 84 Tuesday to that morning high of 69 on Wednesday. Still some low rain chances Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. Nothing meaningful. It all looks very light. And you can see those temperatures after Thursday's high of just 59. Start to rebound. We're up near 80 again by Sunday. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Texas baseball fans soaking up the sun. Cal Poly in town for three. Longhorns with back-to-back -back shutouts on Friday and Saturday, going for the series sweep today against the Mustangs from San Luis Obispo, California. Max Ballou didn't have a hit coming into the weekend. Got the start yesterday, homered, and then today, right over that fence in left field, fired up for the solo home run. Peyton Powell had already homered. Story this weekend, pitching Gage Bain out of the bullpen with the strikeout Cody Howard with five shutout innings to start it and then more offense first how about a little small ball from Jared